You're listening to the Team Guru Podcast, bringing to life the theory and principles of leadership. Hello and welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. I hope you're doing well in what for many of us are very unique and interesting times. Unique and interesting. Two words that definitely describe my guest in this episode. Chris Helder is a powerful motivational speaker, as you're about to find out. And he got my attention with this statement. It's time to say goodbye to positive thinking. Chris has a better way. And I think you're going to like it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Chris Helder. Chris Helder, welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Now, Chris, you got my attention straight away when I read your material. You've got a great topic, but you said something really interesting, provocative, I'm sure, right at the beginning of your stuff where you say, it's time to say goodbye to positive thinking. That really grabbed my attention because I kind of see the world in a way that thinks, God, if only more people were positive thinkers and Here you are telling us that we actually need to move beyond that. Tell us about that concept of moving beyond positive thinking. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Let's go to the next step. And uh, I think uh, the problem, of course, is if you walk up to people and say, come on, be positive. You need to be positive today. Of course, the first thing they, you know, people repel. And uh, instead to think about, well, this idea, useful. What's a useful belief and that's uh, or a useful action? And that's been my idea is to say, hey, listen, you can be the most cynical person in the world. And at the end of the day, if you're at ground zero, what's the most useful thing for you to do to get from zero to two? Where if you say, come on, be positive, people repel. Yeah, because I guess if I'm, as you call it, ground zero, I'm in a really bad place in my life for whatever reason – telling me to be positive is that's just way down the track. I'd need to make the first steps. And I really like that language around thinking usefully. Yeah. And that's it for me. And I, I think the the other reality is the studies show that if you lay in bed in the morning, and go, come on, be positive today. Just try to be positive. That when you wake up and, uh, you know, 10 o'clock comes by and something bad happens that, uh, Look, all of a sudden, you know, you're like, I can't do positive anymore. And actually, the studies show you feel worse about yourself than before you started. So you're like, I can't do positive anyway. (laughs) Really? So it's like a self-defeating concept, hey? It is. It is. that it's like, you know, I mean, there's a lot around this, actually. And there's a lot around goal setting as well that, you know, you set the goals too high and then you fail. And then all of a sudden you feel worse about yourself, you know, because you actually were a failure. But look, useful is useful. And at the end of the day, I mean, I wrote the book Useful Belief, and it's about identifying what are the things that I need to do. And, um, you know, listen, every day changes right now with where we are in COVID-19. And I mean, I have to be sort of careful, I suppose, because like, I don't know what the reality is going to be when somebody's listening to this. But, you know, we all have a reality. And it's what's my most useful response to this situation. I'm going to get to that really specifically soon because quite clearly your ideas are, are really relevant to us now. We're all going through what is a completely unique situation in all of our lives and, and it's very interesting and, and very challenging and all those things in between. 
But before we get there, I'm always fascinated as to how authors and speakers like you have landed on their one unique nugget, that concept that enabled you to label the book and put language around the ideas that you have. Tell us the story that landed you at the point where you titled your book Simple Shift. Well, (laughs) you're going to find, David. The reality for me is I I think there's a lot of speakers out there that tell you to be positive, and there's a lot of speakers out there that – tell you to transform yourself. You got to transform yourself. You got to get better. You got to do this. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on people. And, you know, most people don't need to be transformed. And I find the idea of the simple shift is let's just change the trajectory a little bit. Let's just make a simple shift, take a couple steps in that direction and get moving. And, you know, this idea of useful belief was so sticky. I was, um, Look, I, I was coming back from my father's funeral and I was on an airplane and um, I had 18 presentations to deliver in the next uh, four weeks. And I got to tell you, I was sad and I was angry and I was frustrated. And I still remember thinking to myself, well, I was writing this journal and I was like thinking to myself, how am I going to get through this time? And I said, this is not useful. I need a new belief. And I wrote those two words at the bottom of the page, useful belief. And I was like, man, I like the way they look. What's my useful belief? And um Actually, David, I got to Sydney and I Googled them and I was like, well, nobody else ever wrote them down. I like the way they look. Even <laughs> but, uh, That's uh, an I, important thing. So what's my useful belief? And that was it. And I came up with it. So what was your useful belief at that moment? You're coming back from the States, I'm guessing from your accent. You've been to your father's funeral. You're, you're coming back to a chock full schedule. What were you able to tell yourself? What were the words that you were able to articulate that helped you put it all in perspective and and get that next step one foot in front of the other? My useful belief was that those audiences, those 18 audiences were going to give me the greatest gift they could possibly give me. And uh, they were going to give me their time. And um, it was at that moment that I said, when people give you their time, it's my job to give them everything I got. And making that the greatest gift people can give you, the, the time. And you know, that that became a philosophy for me. It became a business philosophy for me. This, yeah, when somebody gives you their time, I don't care if the audience is 10 people or was the keynote speaker last year for a million dollar roundtable, 10,000 people. I, I don't care if there's 10 people or 10,000 people. They're given their time. And when somebody gives their time, it's our job to give them everything we got. So tell us what is the simple belief? When you speak to audiences now that you've done this thinking and you've published this book, what are those concepts in a nutshell that that are delivering to audiences that kind of aha moment that I, I guess you're always striking for? Simple. The moment I think for people is we all have a reality and everyone's in a relationship and they're not in a relationship. You're single or you're in a relationship. You're rich or you're broke. You're flying or you're struggling. You know, we all have a reality. And there's two things that are going to stop you. One, focusing, complaining about things we cannot control. Two, focusing, complaining about things we will not change. That's more important. So if we're not going to change it or if we can't change it, then we might as well have a useful belief about it. What's my useful belief? So let's have a fun one, David, because this is not my reality anymore. Travel, right? Last year, I did 100 and and 76 presentations. I rode on 159 airplanes. 
I spent 110 nights in a hotel. And people hear that and they go, oh, Chris, man, you must have hated all that travel. And I'm like, well, that was my reality. I could change it. I live in Melbourne. I could do that, but I wasn't going to change it. And you know what? If I'm not going to change it, I might as well be so blue about it. I love travel. I love airplanes. I love hotels. I love hotel sheets. I lo- I'm alone all the time. I'm alone in San Antonio. I'm alone in Singapore. I'm alone in Sydney. And you know what? I love it. So that's my useful belief in that context. This year, totally different. What do I love? I love virtual presentations. This is, uh, I love being in front of the camera. I love Zoom. I love Zoom, you know, and uh, you know what? We all have a reality. And I think, you know, there's people that wake up every day with their partners and they look over there and they think, oh, geez, wish I was with Ryan Gosling or I wish I was with, uh, <laughs> you know, wish I was with Blake Lively or whatever. But like the fact of the matter is, you have a reality. If you're not going to change it or can't change it, if you want to get connected to your life, if you want to get connected to your life, truly connected to your life, you got to have a useful belief about your reality or change it, by the way. And sometimes quitting something that's not working in your life is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with quitting something that's not working in your life. But if you can't change it or won't change it, what's your useful belief about it? And you'll find you get connected. You get connected quick. So as you speak, it kind of occurs to me that that what you're advocating is not sitting in the middle. Don't sit in the middle of something and say, well, I don't like it, but I'm not going to do anything about it. And I'm not going to connect with it and accept it as my reality. So you're sort of advocating for you, well, either accept it as your reality and put some positive spin on it for yourself psychologically, or actually do something about it. But don't sit in the middle and just kind of idle. That's really cool, David. I in all seriousness, I've done hundreds of podcasts. So I'm not sure I've ever had anyone pull me up and go and make that comment. I like that very much. I think that is what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying, isn't it? Can, I mean, it's uh, you can use that, by the way. I mean, I've got. I mean, I, I own the audio, but you can, of course, use the language. That's fine. <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think <laughs> you know. Here's the here's the deal, David. Here's the deal. The survival rate on this planet, whether we like it or not, is exactly zero percent. None of us are out here alive. And in 100 years, none of us are anything more than a paragraph on Ancestry.freaking.com. So you know what? Here's the thing. We got to decide what we're going to do with this life. So if you want to sit in the middle and you want to be unhappy and you want to bitch and complain and carry on, you can do that. There's nothing. uh, There's no judgment in my philosophy. That's the beautiful thing. People can do whatever they want. I just throw it out there. And if you're going to really think about your life and go, well, hang on, this is my one shot. All right. What's a useful belief about the situation that I'm in? Because most people don't want to uproot their situation. Most people don't want to be transformed. Most people don't want to make dramatic change. So define like what's useful belief to maximize the situation you're in. Whether it's a half-day energizer session or a comprehensive team and leadership program, Team Guru's unique approach could be just what the doctor ordered for your organization. Now, the example that you gave yourself about yourself before was lovely and, and it was nice of you to share your soul, but your situation was pretty good. You were doing 167 presentations because business is good. And it's probably pretty easy to spin that around inside your head and, and even in the way that you use language to the people around you in a, in a really positive way. Yeah. Give us some examples, though, of, of tougher life situations, of people you've worked with, people you've touched, 
through your speaking where those simple concepts, the, the idea around making that simple shift or establishing a useful belief has helped them make sense of something that's, with all due respect, a little more challenging than what you described before? I've had some, um, I mean, being a speaker and having done this for so long, I've had so many moments that are humbling and amazing. And, you know, I've had people send me photographs coming out of surgery where their body was covered two thirds in burns. And they were like, this is my new reality. And they're holding my book. I've had situations where people have called me when their babies, you know, were diagnosed with something. And they said, you know, I just wanted to call you and let you know that the only thing getting me through this is useful belief. And, you know, the beautiful thing about useful belief is it applies in the worst situations in the world. And, you know, it applies in the best situations of the world. And I guess that's the thing I'd like to really emphasize is that, you know, I've lost my father. I've lost my stepfather. I've lost my father-in-law. There are three of my heroes. I buried all of them. I started out way back when in the mid nineties, I was teaching in Compton, California, and I was set to be a high school teacher and football coach. That's what I was going to do 1995. And and I got stuck with second grade. I know this sounds crazy, but I got stuck with second grade in Compton. Like it was the, it was a need based program. It was a Bill Clinton administration thing. I taught a year of second grade. I kid you not, David, I had 37 kids in my classroom. I had it's a lot of kids in a classroom. Literally, I had no aid. I didn't even know how big a second grader was. And you know what? I had seven math books. I had four readers. I spent every cent I had in my life on down at the equivalent of office works in America. And, you know, just copying and photocopying, illegally photocopying books and textbooks. And, you know, it was useful belief. This is your reality. Like, you got 37 kids, you know, like deal with it. And you know what? Yeah. Was it impossible? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it was, was it amazing? Yeah, it was amazing. Did I, you know, it was, and I got so many stories. I think life's an adventure. And one of my favorite quotes of all time is Helen Keller's quote that life is one of two things. It's either a daring adventure or it's absolutely nothing. And, you know, whether I look at my time in Compton or I look at my 18 years as a speaker, or I look at audiences that are that looks scary and nasty and then you walk up there and you win them over or or I look at the good stuff and yeah the travel and the the other lifestyle that goes with it I can tell you right now that David make no mistake I had 59 gigs <laughs> I had 59 gigs lined up and I, that went to zero in 3 days I can tell wow. you, yeah I think we're all in a situation where adjusting and I'm blessed in a lot of ways. And at the same time, you know, I, I, I'm trying to figure out new ways of helping people and new ways of making a difference. And useful beliefs, the right answer, because you know what? It's hard and it's, it's bloody hard. And, you know, it's hard for everybody. And I think whether you're my 76 year old mother, that's in isolation or whether you're right now trying to live with your family 24 seven or whether you're literally a real estate agent or a mortgage broker that's watched their business implode. Look, we're all useful belief right now. What's the most useful thing for you to do? And the answer might be not the total answer, but right now it's what's the most useful thing for you to at least step in the right direction. We got to start stepping. We got to take one step at a time. We got to keep moving. 
and that's it. And, uh, you know, and I worry about that. I worry about the cure being worse than the problem. I worry about people being in a situation where we have mental health issues and we have situations where, you know, there's going to be an increase of, of a lot of negative stuff domestically. And I think to be in a situation, I want to get this message out there. What's the most useful thing for us to do? What's the most useful thing for us to think about? And it's going to be hard for everyone. I want us to come together as a community and make sure we're doing the right things. It's such an interesting and complex time, this whole COVID-19 thing. I'm sure we've all, to varying degrees, been through similar kind of cognitive phases of this. You know, for me, there was the original part where all of a sudden stuff started getting shut down for this virus that at the same time I'm hearing, if you get it, David Frizzell, it's probably not going to even hurt you. You might not even know you've got it. But of course, those older Australians or older members of any community or people who already have medical conditions, it could be life-threatening for them. And then there's this whole complexity about it being a really contagious thing. And then it starts to have this really real impact on the economy and so many people losing their jobs and their businesses. And and that is far from behind us. And then there's the social impact. Families, I've got three kids. Uh, My oldest is six we're locked at at home almost all of the time and they really haven't been out anywhere for weeks and weeks except for the scooting. But then on the other hand, we've got all this beautiful family time. My wife and I don't have to travel into the city every day and take hours out of our day. We're kind of here with them, even though we're working from home. So there's all these good and bad and all these things that are affecting me less or more than they're affecting other people. It's a really, I don't know, it's like a slow moving yet complex time, how do you think your concepts can best be applied to what we're going through right now? And and that and actually, first question, that description that I just gave, that unplanned kind of babble that I just went through, does that sort of reverberate with you? Is, is that the same kind of experience that you've had with this? Well, I think there's a couple of things there, David. I, I think, first of all, everything that ever happens in the world is And that's the beauty of the world, right? I mean, the beauty of the world is everything is combined with good and bad. Everything's yin and yang. There's from every bad thing comes a good thing. From every winter comes the summer. And, you know, I think there's a nature about this. And as to your point, I think um, how wonderful that, you know, the family time is coming together. And, And that's beautiful in the context of all the tragedy that's happened. And I'm the same. My kids are 19, 16, and 14, so probably very different than six. But, you know, that's <laughs> so Six is my big boy. Six but is my grown-up. My 19-year-old's been instrumental in helping me make sure that my technology is up to scratch. And we go to, you know, we went to JB Hi-Fi and bought cameras and boom mics. And, of course, it's been amazing from a family perspective to to be able to spend time you know, on that front, I I think I'm in the right lane. And I don't mean that in any sort of way that is entrepreneurial. I mean that in a way that is absolutely about helping people. My space is, you know, I, I was actually, people have asked me about useful belief and they've asked me about what's the advanced version. And I I talk about human beings drive from ego or they drive from some semblance of a wounded child often where they're angry about something that happened in their childhood and they have chips on their shoulder or they 
drive from a place of ego to prove themselves to be great. And when useful belief works great is when you drive from the heart. And when you really drive from the heart. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean to drive from the heart? It's very simple. The heart doesn't judge. The heart doesn't judge. And David, you think about it. If you're judging another, another person, you're not driving from the heart. And if you're in a situation where you go, I'm in a situation right now, that person is going through things. Well, you know, that person's going through things. I'm not going to judge. I'm going to drive from the heart. What's my useful belief about it? And you watch. You watch what your brain does. Your brain will find the answer. Your brain will find the answer. And this useful belief, it's, it's the right thing for people at this time. And you know what? I, I, I hear all these futurists talk all the time, and they're talking about all the stuff they talk about. You know what? Look, none of it matters right now. I don't think anyone cares about. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares about any of it. I, I think, I think we're in survival mode right now, and I think what we need is some useful belief, and we need to drive from the heart, and we need to be good to people. And you know, it's like drive it to any generation. People say, "Oh, the young people today." It's like, hang on. If you say things like young people today, you drive, you know, that's judgment. This is the greatest generation. I love this generation. I mean, I love working with young people. I love listening to their ideas. And I love hearing, you know, about what they got going and what they're thinking about. And I love the fact that we can't probably measure their intelligence the same way we had ours measured. And that we went to school and we got judged by teachers. This generation goes home and watches YouTube and they know a thousand times more than we ever knew and it's great it's exciting and i think when you drive from the heart you don't judge and useful belief works in spades wow so one of the things that you said in there was that right now we're in survival mode and i'm guessing you're talking about our current situation with this global pandemic does it really feel like that to you that this is a genuine human survival mode and People generally have stopped thinking about what's coming in the future. What is 10 years down the track? Because we're, we're all at that bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs at the moment. That's funny you say that. I was just talking about Maslow the other day. Look, let me be careful because I think I want to just be careful because tomorrow someone could listen to this in two weeks and the situation is so different than it is today. And so it's very difficult. I want to... Just say when we're recording this right now, you know, we're watching thousands of people die every night. And at the same time, you know, we're in a situation where there's predictions of 700,000 unemployed people in Australia. And there's a lot of things going on that could very much look different in two weeks. So I don't want to, I'm the opposite of a extremist. Catastrophizer. I'm not a no. I'm not about catastrophe. I, I I'm about the opposite. I'm about solving and working through a catastrophe. So I want to be very careful. But with that, I think you know there are. <laughs> there's never been a time like this where certain people their lives have improved. I mean, they're like <laughs> there are certain people who are making money, or they've been laid off and they're still getting paid, or they're still there are government workers who are trying to figure this out. And I wouldn't, gosh, I, I wouldn't want their job to figure this out for anything. But, you know, there's other people who've been devastated. And, uh, and how you balance that is a really difficult thing. So I think when I say survival mode, I, I don't mean that we're 
in some sort of Armageddon or anything like that. I just, I think for all of us, when when we're faced against it, and for some people listening to this right now, that could be a divorce they're going through. That could be, you know, that could be a job loss. That could be, you know, it, it could be anything that's just painful. We are going to get through this. And I think, you know, time is the ultimate healer. And I would say to a lot of people who have worked through, you know, they lose their father, they lose their mother, they've got a, a situation where they've lost someone they love, they're in a relationship that ended. We will get through this. And you will get through this. And what's your useful belief? You're strong. What's your useful belief? This is the best time in the history of the world to be a single parent. And people say, what? I'm like, no, think about it. Like, there's a lot of married people listening right now going, what? You actually get the kids every other weekend and the other weekend you get to be by yourself? What? Like, you know, this is the best time in the history of the world to be a single parent. Best time in the history of the world to be in a relationship if you're in a relationship. Best time in the history of the world. And, you know, I stand in front of people and talk about this is the best time, dot, dot, dot. And right now that might be a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. But I think when we really think about it, we still live in Australia. We live in this amazing country and it won't be long. We're going to get through this. And when we do, it's going to be uh, people who are able to keep their mindset going in the right direction that are going to flourish. That concept around right now is the best time in history too. The, the end of that sentence is anything that you want to say because it is the best time in history to have ever lived. It's even the best time in history to be really sick because the care that you'll get today is better than the care you would have got at any other period in history. So I like that concept. All right, let's round this out, Chris, by linking directly back to The Simple Shift, your book, and to the concepts that you teach in that book. And I'll leave the number up to you, whether it's three or five or seven or four, whatever you want to do to leave our listeners with some real tangibles, things that they can remember and use as little mental triggers as they're working through their next few days and weeks to remember this conversation and remember that advice. What are those few key points? All right. First of all, what I love so much about useful belief is it's sticky. You can remember it. Useful belief, right? So what is useful? So number one, every day, think to yourself, is this useful? Is it not? Is this person useful? Is it not? Is this situation useful? Is it not? Is this thing that I'm about to do useful or is it not? Is it useful? What's my useful belief about the world? My useful belief, is this a useful belief? It's not. Fix it. Solve it. Boom. Number two, gratitude. Gratitude leads to greater things. And, you know, I think the most important words you say every day, all day. The most important words you say all day are the words you say to yourself, about yourself, when you're alone by yourself. Number three, energy. To get through any of this, you've got to have energy. How do you have energy? Energy is a decision. And energy is a choice. And you know what? I'm proud of a couple of things. I mean, 2,500 presentations around the world over the last 18 years. I've never had a sick day. Not one time. Not one time. Not ever. And you know what? I've never, ever showed up without an abundance of energy. Energy is a choice. We can have energy. We can have as much energy as we want. And I think, you know, just getting dialed into that. Number four is obviously, well, how do you have energy connected to your life? And get connected to your life. And people say to me all the time, well, how do I get connected to my life? I'm like, well, simple, simple with the things you can't control or the things you will not change. Have a useful belief about them. 
what's your useful belief, right? Because we spend it, we're disconnected from our life. We're tired when we're disconnected from our life. We're tired. So it applies to all the things we spoke about. It's uh, But when you're connected to your life, when you're connected to your life, you have energy and energy is a choice. And, you know, and then, you know, you, you dial into that, get connected to your life, number four. And look, number five, I think drive from the heart. You know, it's so easy in this world where we're competing against airbrushing, competing against just all the stuff, the, you know, the fakeness, the, the social media, the, you know, it's so easy to flick through and we're thinking to ourselves, oh God, there's my friend, you know, in normal times, she's on her perfect holiday, you know, there, there's everyone else, there's everyone else's perfect picture of life. And, you know, I think just to get to a place that, you know, we really look at it and go, we're on, this is our life. This is, we're on top of this. You know, we're on top of exactly what's going on and we're not going to get dialed into all the noise, all the noise every day about what's going on and how we get hit and how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to exercise just to really have that level of clarity about what we're doing. Chris Helder, useful belief. It's a, a really powerful concept and I really appreciate you coming on the show to tell us all about it. Hey, man, I had fun, as always. It's great. And that was Chris Helder. I told you, powerful speaker. I could feel his energy pouring back through my headphones. I love his message, those few simple and potentially life-changing words. What? is my useful belief. As always, I'll share the lessons I took from my conversation with Chris on the Lessons Learned page for this podcast. You'll find it along with the entire back catalogue of Team Guru podcasts on our website. That's teamswithans.guru forward slash podcast. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud or LinkedIn and join me for the next episode on this, my mission to bring to life the theory and principles of leadership. This is David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now.